Welcome to Stutter Stories, where guests from around the world each share the ins, outs, ups, and downs of life and conversation as a person who stutters. Hosted by Tricia Hedinger and Ja Ben. It's really, really, really okay to stutter. Rich Stevens confesses on the Say Australia website that it wasn't until he was 35 years old that he heard those words. Rich is the president and program director of the Stuttering Association for the Young Australia, or Say Australia. Say Australia is the first international arm of the Say program, and the Say Australia program started in July 2019 in Melbourne. It is Australia's first organization dedicated to support for young people who stutter. Rich has traveled all around the world and has a fascinating story to tell. This is Trisha Hedinger, and I'd like to welcome Rich Stevens. Hi, Rich. Welcome to Stutter Stories. How are you today? Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. I am great. I'm great. Wonderful. So why don't you start off and tell me a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so my name is Rick, Rick Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a person who stutters. I'm the president of, um, of um, say, Australia, the mm-hmm. Stuttering Association for the Young, which, which is the first inter- um, international arm of say, uh, which was founded in America in 2001 mm. by Taro Al- um, Alexander. I'm sure a lot of our, um, a lot of the listeners in America will have heard about Say. It's been going for mm-hmm. a long time now. Um, yes. So, yeah. So I'm in Australia, but as you can tell, my accent is not mm-hmm. Australian. I'm from England, from the UK, from um, uh, from from the north, a place called um, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I live there almost throughout. My entire life. Um, I've had a couple of periods where I've lived abroad. Um, I lived in Ireland, in Dublin, um, mm-hmm. for about six, seven months, and then I moved to New Zealand when I was about thirty-one to thirty-two, mm-hmm. and then I travelled back to the UK, and now I'm living in Australia. I've been here since two thousand and eighteen. Hmm. What made you move around so much? Um, well, I trained as a sight nurse, so I was a mental health nurse. Um, I had an opportunity to and um, to work in Ireland, Dublin, um, at a drug and alcohol um, MA rehabilitation unit, and then as I was a mental health nurse, it was always a dream of mine to work with an indigenous. And kind of population and an opportunity mm-hmm. came to work in New Zealand so mm. I moved to Wellington in New Zealand on the North Island where I worked in the Maori community I, um, I was a specialist nurse in the Maori community which was a great experience it was um, a great um, a great way to learn about another approach in mental health very much on the spiritual side as well so um, and then I came back to the UK and then um, I moved to Australia. Um, I was actually due to move to America, actually. Really? Um, yeah, like yeah, like into Nashville. I was going to do my PhD at Vanderbilt Uni- University because um, I trained to be an SLP in Manchester. Um, mm-hmm. I did a master's in neuroscience and neuroimaging, and 
I was due to come and then I met my partner at a conference in England mm -hmm. um, at the Oxford conference, a disfluency conference, and then she's Australian. And so the opportunity came to move over here um, and you that led to... You would have been so close. I'm in Knoxville. I'm about two and yeah. a half hours from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, life could have been very, very different if one attended that yeah. conference. Um, but yeah, an opportunity came to move to Australia to be with my partner and mm -hmm. to bring, you know, and to bring um, all the work and that we do it, say, over to um, Australia and to Melbourne. It's where I'm at now. Very good. Very good. What a unique uh experiences many unique experiences you've had there um so how do you think growing up in and in, in any of those places or, or living in any of those places have impacted your relationship with stuttering and what would you say were perceptions in some of the areas that you lived yeah so i so i kind of grew up in england in manchester um mm -hmm. as a child um as an adolescent and as a young adult as well i am mm -hmm. um, I kind of think my experiences there, I think I grew up, well, well like I kind of grew up in a world of fluency like, like a lot of young people who stutter. Mm -hmm. And I think what I realized now in terms of looking back, mm -hmm. I realized there was just a lack of awareness, a lack of awareness, a lack of education about it, a lack mm -hmm. of a real understanding of what it's like for a person who stutters. Mm -hmm. And I think there was lots of misconceptions because this was in the 80s, in the early 80s. And late 80s and there was lots of misconceptions um and I think my parents were maybe kind of fed that so my mm -hmm. parents were and were absolutely amazing with me they kind of never clipped my wings you know they allowed me mm -hmm. to be me but now I look back and I understand the advice that they were given or what they were told um what they were probably told in terms of their role in it as parents, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I think it's very upsetting now and to look back. And I think even in schools, I think even in schools, I think and with teachers, I think they weren't prepared or didn't have the training um, to really kind of deal with the psychosocial aspect. So even as a yeah. child in stuttering, I don't remember talking about, you know, um, what it was like as a child who stutters. I just remember a lot of therapy as in, you know, a lot of probably smooth speech, prolonged speech, mm -hmm. join it. I remember um, trains and having <laughs> my speech compared to trains and carriages and making <laughs> sure it was all joined up and not taking uh -huh. a break between words. Um, so I think it influenced me. Well, like I think it influenced me a lot um, in terms of um, outside of the home. So inside of the home, mm -hmm. um, you know, I come from a big Irish family. Um, mm -hmm. And it was very well connected and supportive. Mm -hmm. um, my granddad, I think, had a had a mild stutter, mm -hmm. um, but even in our family, I think there kind of wasn't a pure awareness of it. But I think mm -hmm. outside of the family unit, I think it was very hard. I think it was, you know, I didn't have anyone I could turn to, any kind of mm -hmm. reference point where I could go to someone mm -hmm. um, who understood it, mm -hmm. who kind of knew about it. Mm -hmm. um or who didn't have the normal kind of knowledge back then was like you know people who stutter and nervous and mm -hmm. you know um they uh, might not be as clever as other people and they're introverted and mm -hmm. blah 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 so yeah I'd say it affected me in terms of you know um it I I think it affected me in the sense 
I truly, I didn't think I was allowed to be me and that, you know, in my head, it was all that I had to be fixed. Mm. Yeah. Overcoming that perception as a kid, you know, the, the feeling like I'm supposed to be fixed. And then when kids go to speech therapy and maybe they feel like it's not successful, that they feel like they can't be fixed or that, um, that something's wrong with them. And so it's, it's, it's good to hear so many people reaching out to kids just as you do, you know, helping them have someone to talk to and changing their perspective about talking. I think that's great, great stuff. Um, how would you say your friends and family typically responded to your stuttering? Um, I think my friends, no, no, sorry. Um, I'll start off with, with my family. So my parents and were great but they both had a role. So my kind of mother was very much along the lines of every time I came back from school, she always wanted to know how many times I stuttered and how did I deal Mm. with it? And my father was very much, he was very much on the fence of, he didn't really talk about it a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. but my, but my can, but my father was always, um, he always instilled in me to, um, to never take any bullying you know of anyone so mm-hmm. I remember a lot of times in school I got into trouble and my dad would come and he'd have to mm-hmm. speak to and to the headmaster big 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 because I got into some issues where where some people tried to call me and tried to bully me but he instilled in me a sense of standing up and firm mm-hmm. for myself and mm-hmm. um he always had to play this role in terms of headmaster where he'd come and speak to the headmaster. He'd tell me off. And then on the way home in the car, he said, I'm proud of you, son. You know, so <laughs> it was very different. But um, it was quite interesting, actually, because as, as I only found out when I was in my early 30s that my dad, he had a stutter mm. when, when he was younger and stuff. So, and I was, and at the time I was very angry and upset, but now I look back. Mm-hmm. And I know what it's like to be a father now. I'm a father my, myself, but his, you know, his understanding or what he was kind of fed as an adult, I suppose, mm-hmm. was stuttered. Now I look back and I can see that he probably felt a lot of guilt and felt, you know, a lot of shame that kind of mm-hmm. he thought he was the cause of why I stuttered. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was my parents were like very, very different, but they were very encouraging, very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um but sometimes I wish they would have flipped. So sometimes I wish my dad would, would have asked me about it more. And my mum could have just been a bit more chilled. Um, mm-hmm. But no, my my other siblings and other family were like very, very um, helpful and supportive. Um, they always gave me time to speak. As in mm-hmm. friends, my friends were good because they normalized it. They, mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, I've had friends, my, you know, even my friends now, um, not in Australia, but my friends in England who are still contact a lot of mm-hmm. friends I've known since I was like three and four years old. And they just treated me like anyone else, you know, um, if we were having a laugh with each other, mm-hmm. you know, they would probably make some references to my stutter, but mm-hmm. you know, as kids can be quite cruel, but I never took it as a cruel joke, even now I look mm-hmm. back now, but, mm-hmm. but then at the time, and if, and if there was anyone who tried to bully me at all, my friends would always be there so um i think having that strong friendship um and that strong kind of grounding off of parents probably probably presented 
um, you know, a childhood unto me where I was quite fortunate that even though there kind of was a sense of bullying around, mm-hmm. I had a support network where it yeah. never really kind of truly happened, if that makes sense. Right, right. To have that support network in place when something does happen is really, really valuable. That's great. That was good to have. Um, what would you say are your pet peeves about stuttering? Are there certain responses from people that make you cringe or feel annoyed? Yeah. Um, so a pet peeve of mine is when, um, and I, and I hear this quite a lot, but it's one of mine that I had a lot of the opposite sex. Um, mm-hmm. When people say, oh, it's really cute that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's really cute, you know, in terms of having a stutter. That mm-hmm. is one of them. Um, I think for me as well, just just in terms of life, I think it's just, it's the same old terminology and like like response. It's like like, you know, slow down, breathe. If you just take your time, you'll be fine in terms mm-hmm. of being able to talk. And I'm like, no, no, it's cool. You know, I'm not nervous. I know at times I can speak quite quick, but that's where I'm from in Manchester. Mm-hmm. People do people do speak quick. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one, yeah, those, those, those um, are very much uh, a couple of the pet peeves. And I think a pet mm-hmm. peeve as well is just... Um, when people automatically think that I was an introvert and that mm-hmm. I never wanted to engage in like any drama or like anything mm-hmm. like that, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, you know, um, I think it was a misconception or it was an automatic thought in people's minds um, of teachers or, 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 or of adults. It's like, he's a person who stutters, he's not, you know, he does not want to be engaged in this and stuff. So I'm not going mm-hmm. to ask him to put his hand up for a role and stuff. Um, I think those are the, I think those are the main pet peeves I've had of people. Yeah. So would you consider yourself an extrovert? I think I'm a bit in between. Mm-hmm. I like my own space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of even in my role now as the president of, um, of say Australia, as the programming director as well, you know, I'm very kind of goofy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like having a lot of fun. I love engaging with 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 kind of kids. I love talking in front of people, in front of new families. Um, not as in the center of attention. I just love to speak about what we do. I love mm-hmm. to, you know, to kind of speak in that space, a very um, accepting space, a deep listening space. Um, so I think that's, that's my extrovertness. If that's mm-hmm. even a word, that kind of comes out. <laughs> I got gotcha. um, you. I would say I'm a bit in between. You know, I do like um, my time on my own, my my uh, my kind of quiet time. But but like with friends and family, and it, you know, and uh, and like especially when when I'm with a group of people mm-hmm. who stutter, you know, and and if that's at say if that's at a conference in america you know if that's just online in a group you know um with all these great organizations who are doing these mm-hmm. great work online and stuff you know um i don't feel like an introvert you know i feel like i'm mm-hmm. able to kind of speak and be me yeah um, it, um in those spaces do you feel like y- you are more extroverted or more um talkative when you are around a lot of people who stutter versus people who don't or do you feel it's equal 
um, and has it always been? Um, it's an interesting question, that because I mm -hmm. actually think around other people who stutter, I actually think I don't talk as much hmm. purely because I think that um, I'm in a position where I do get opportunities to mm -hmm. kind of talk a lot. So, so I think it, so I think it depends on the kind of group of people I'm with. Because mm -hmm. it's like say, because and because I'm in a position where if I'm kind of leading programming or I'm speaking to new families or if we're doing an event, I get lots of opportunities and to talk to families and to talk to mm -hmm. kind of young people. But uh, but but it depends on the group of people I'm with um, for kind of people who stutter because a lot of people who stutter maybe don't get those opportunities and to talk a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I enjoy hearing people's stories, you know. I enjoy... Mm -hmm hearing people's journeys mm -hmm. and I think at times um, I think there's 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 a great quote and I don't know who's 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 it from but um um it says like um a lot of people tend to kind of listen to give a response yes but sometimes it's nice and to listen to understand Yes. And I think that and stuff is a great quote. Um, around people who don't stutter, uh, I'd probably say I talk. I talk a lot with my with my friends and with my mm -hmm. family, but I still think conversations can still go by mm -hmm. quite quick. And if you don't tend to get in there straight away, mm -hmm. conversations can just go. But my my kind of friends and family are totally. They are aware of me now, mm -hmm. so they provide that space. Um, so yeah, I think it just depends on, on the kind of group I'm with. Yeah. Mm. So here's the, uh, the tough question. Will you tell me about a time that was particularly challenging or hurtful or defeating related to stuttering? Um, yeah. Um, so I can think of a time when, when I just come back from new, I'm from New Zealand, so I, so I, so I had, you know, I had a great time out there working with the Maori population and stuff. I came back because a dream of mine was to work with young people who stutter, but I was still in that covert headspace where I was trying mm -hmm. to hide it all the time, and I wasn't mm -hmm. um, allowing me to really come out. Mm -hmm. um, I was playing a version of me in front of people, mm -hmm. and so when I, and so when I came back. Um, just that whole spiritual side of working with the kind of Maori population just identified into me because how they work, you know, you know, on their health is lots of pillars, you know, in terms of family, um, like your physical health and your mental health and your own kind of being inside. And I was pretty good on a lot of those aspects, but me internally, mm -hmm. um, I just felt, you know, I was hiding me from the world. And so I came back and I really wanted to apply as a speech therapist, mm -hmm. but I just didn't have that that confidence or the right relationship with my stutter mm -hmm. to be able to like and to help and support other people who stutter. So I was in a crazy space and I applied to join the the British Army because um, I was a site nurse. And I went to apply as an officer, as a mental health nurse in the army. Um, so I, I had a four-day interview down at Sandhurst, where like, if you don't know Sandhurst for any of 
the kind of listeners. Um, it's the kind of army barracks. It's um, lots of prestige and history and, you know, lots of all the army majors and generals who are walking mm-hmm. around, you know. Um, and I went, I had a four-day interview and we, and we kind of took some tests. We did the physicals. It was all cool. And then on the third day, I had to do a presentation um, mm-hmm. um, in front of all the army majors and you know it was a prestigious like hall and had to do in front of a lot of people and that's oh and it was an experience it took me back to my school days where I stuttered I stuttered I stuttered um so much and because I wasn't in in a great place Mm -hmm. in my head with with my with and with and with me as a person who stutters, mm-hmm. I just kind of broke down. I just broke down. Um, I walked out the room. I packed up my stuff. And I just drove mm-hmm. home. And it was like a three-hour drive. And I remember I pulled over on the side of the road. And mm-hmm. and I remember, like, Emma broke down a bit. And I just thought, I've got to do something. You know, I just have to do something. Because, you know, um, my life is... Um, yeah it's like a facade I'm living a facade I'm not identifying as me you know mm-hmm. I'm not kind of bringing me to and um, to the kind of world um it's like I was an actor mm-hmm. and that you know and that was a very um yeah it was a low moment and it was like a defeatist moment mm-hmm. to some degree um yeah I just had to walk out and I just had to leave mm. Thinking back at that, like if you were going to pair like feelings words, you know, feeling words with that moment, what would you, what would you say you felt in the, that moment? Like the, the moments following even the, the hours or the days afterwards? Um, I think, well, well, like, I mean, well, it was an interesting time actually, because, because because I think a lot happened in a very short time and I think a lot happened in a couple of hours Um, because I just felt lost you know Mm -hmm. I just felt lost I just felt as if I didn't know who I was truly Mm -hmm. Um, and like all all kind of through my childhood when I thought about my future it always looked like really really bleak you know it looked like um, how could I get a job how could I meet um, like a person who I could fall in love with, who would fall in love mm-hmm. with me if mm-hmm. I had children, if they stutter, you know, all these mm-hmm. things were going on in my head as a child. And when I pulled over, all these things just came flooding back. It just mm-hmm. came kind of flooding back. And I just felt lost. I felt beaten. And I just remember it. Um, I sat there and I tried to, I, I tried to phone a couple of people, actually. I, um, I tried to phone my older brother and my older sister, but it was the wrong time of the day because they were at work. And and it was probably a good thing that I'd say because I remember um, I sat there for about like an hour, just just not like cold, but just lost, you know, just yeah. like just kind of thinking, you know, about the future and it's bleak. And then, and then I don't... I don't know how it happened. I was just able to come out of it. And I thought, right, there's two ways I can go with this. I can either mm-hmm. just kind of do the same thing and get to a certain point. 
and just continue through this cycle, through this cycle, through this cycle, or I can do something. Yeah. And so um, I drove home and I had a look online for, you know, for any groups, a support group. Um, and I came across um, in Manchester, the British and um, the Stammering Association now, which has changed to, to Stammer. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I contacted them. Um, I didn't allow myself any time to not contact them. I just went in, mm-hmm. I got it, contacted them. And then I got a response and they invited me to come to the support group, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and I never allowed myself to think, okay, I've done it, but I'm not going to go. I just, yeah. Um, and I did it, you know, yeah. and I went and, um, and I think that's when life started to really change f- from that point onwards. Yeah. So that was, it sounds like that was kind of like your, rock bottom or you you hit that that crossroad and you had to go you decided you had to go one way or another and and you chose that you, you took that one terrible moment and just turned it into a life-changing experience for the positive that's that's uh inspiring um so would you tell me about a time that changed? Well, that sounds like that was it probably, but I don't know if you have anything else to add, but uh, a time that changed your perspective about stuttering or about yourself for the better. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, it probably, yeah, it's probably along the same lines of that story Mm -hmm. just to kind of follow through. Mm -hmm. And so like I joined a support group and Mm -hmm. it was just meeting other people who stutter, just meeting other people who stutter. Mm. And to know that I'm not the only one, even though I knew there and there were kind of people out there. Right. But it, but it still felt, you know, it still felt like you're like a fairy tale, you know, um, as if like, I know there's people out there, but Mm -hmm. I've never seen them. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that, that they exist. Mm -hmm. And, and it was in that moment that I knew, yeah, other people exist and just hearing their stories and just, you know, and I think, one of the great things was was hearing their stories and everyone's journey is so completely different but there are similar yes. traits and I think just the magnitude or um you know um of their kind of courage of yes. what they've had to face in their life and I think for me because I walked into that group initially and there were some people with with like very strong stutters mm-hmm. and there was that that and it was like a sense in my head only for only for about 20 minutes until I heard people speak of that, you know, I'm a fake because my, because I have a stutter and it's not that strong at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I had to get over that because like when everyone spoke, everyone had, a, everyone had a, had a different stutter. Yeah. Everyone had their kind of journey was completely different. And I made a friendship, uh, make an, a a close friendship with um, with a guy called Paul Brocklehurst and um, he was an SLP and he's a researcher mm-hmm. and we just, and we hit it off and he told me about his life story and kind of what happened and with him and, you know, he told me he, in his early 20s, he took a job as a door-to-door salesman. I thought that's mm-hmm. the most craziest thing <laughs> you could do because he had a very strong stutter. Mm-hmm. And I think just seeing his career and what he'd done, he gave me the confidence after so many weeks of meeting other people and stuff and talking to other people, 
but kind of bonding with with Paul Moore, he gave me that confidence and to apply to the University of Manchester as an SLT and for kind of speech therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, and I think it was just being able to just sit in that space, have those conversations and with people and to form a close friendship mm-hmm. or a bond and with another person who stutters, who had a path that, that um, who, yeah, who had a path that I envisaged as, you know, as a path that I wanted, you know, right. of, of the SLP route. Um, and I think that was a defining moment. I think that was a defining moment because I applied, I got a, um, a place and mm-hmm. it was like, all right, cool. I've got a place mm-hmm. at, um, you know, at, at like university and stuff um, mm-hmm. and, and a very prestige one. And um, yeah, I think that was a defining moment. You know, I think that, that, that has allowed everything that has happened to me in the past eight years, all the great things, all the great connections of not knowing mm-hmm. anyone who stutters from probably knowing you know, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. now, you know, um, you know, and has brought into my life a baby boy as well now, an amazing yeah. baby boy. So, you know, and, and the opportunities here for kind of stay Australian stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that was a moment that kind of really changed my life. I think that's probably one of the, um, most common transformative moments I hear is when you've met, when you finally meet somebody else who stutters, whether it's in a group or whether you've just formed a friendship in another way. Um, Cause you almost never hear that it, it came from speech therapy or it came from a strategy or a technique. You always hear these life-changing moments that come more from, you know, that first time I met somebody else who stuttered, um, whether it was a role model or somebody who's, you know, even at the same point in the journey. So I think that's great. Um, so can you tell me maybe a moment that felt like a success for you or a particular, was there ever a particular speaking accomplishment that you had that, you know, when you got done, you were like, man, I can't believe I did that. Or, you know, what, what comes, does anything come to mind? Um, I think there's quite a few that 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 like maybe come to mind, but then I think it was it was probably in in terms of recently, um, mm-hmm. it was probably the first time that we held an event here um, that that we did the say Australia pro um, the the and the kind of program event, and it was a my share project a year ago, and we kind of launched um, and we launched in the summer. And then we had a project and we'd come to the end of the project and mm-hmm. at the end of our projects, our creative arts, our creative arts projects, we always have a showcase event and where the young people get to, um, get to share their, their, and their, their creative piece with, mm-hmm. um, with an audience of friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, and so we had a theater and we had, a, and we had about 120 people there. And the kind of 10 weeks on the lead up to that was so busy mm-hmm. um, because we because we were kind of planning all that. We had my parents who were coming over because my baby was, um, he was eight months old. So they mm-hmm. were coming over and we had his christening, I think, in the next day. So it, it was just a crazy, crazy time. Mm-hmm. And when it came to the showcase on the Saturday, I was about to be introduced and to come out and then 
you know, I was a host, you know, a proper host and for probably the first time in my life mm-hmm. and it, and it all just hit me. It just all came to a head. It's like, whoa, because I had about two minutes on the back of the stage and just have time to think. And it was like, all right, I, I have to go out now. And I have to do this in front of 120 people. Uh-huh. And that, and I've spoken in front of people in the past before, mm-hmm. but, um, but like, and to lead something yeah, and to carry it all off. And I think, um, and I went out and I saw everyone there and it, and, and it was a great audience, you know, a family and friends or the kids, families and friends. And I saw all the kids in the front row and I was just proud of what they, they had achieved in the 10 weeks and our volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we were going to put on a great show. I'm mm-hmm. a baby boy's in the corner. So I went to him straight away. I gave him a little kiss and then I came mm-hmm. out and, and then I saw my parents in the audience mm-hmm. and my parents have never, so my, so my parents, um, even though they had an understanding about saying what I was doing, they didn't really get it until right. they saw it. And I, and I saw them in the audience and stuff. And I just thought, like, and for them and for what they went through and when I was, when I was younger, mm-hmm. and for them to not get the help and support and maybe fear about my, my kind of future and to some degree. And then they are seeing me just like, you know, acting all goofy and presenting and being happy. And yeah, and it was a great showcase. It was on for about two hours. Mm-hmm. I did all the ad lib in, in between. I did all my, well, my kind of jokes, which I think are funny and stuff. And it was just, you know, and it was great and stuff. And it was great. And it was awesome uh, um, to see the standing ovations that all the kids got mm-hmm. for their shares and to see them, you know, and to get up and to share. And then at the end, it was, you know, it was not planned at all but I got all the kids up and I spoke to the kids in front of everyone and, you know, you know, and just said how proud I was, you know, of, um, of them for being so bold and, you know, and so brave mm-hmm. and, you know, and for sharing. And then afterwards, and we had a bit of a party afterwards and, uh, and it was great to see all the audience kind of going up to the kids and, and mm-hmm. asking them about their shares and the kids just like overflowing with like joy and emotion. And I think that was probably, I think that was one of the probably one of the most proudest kind of speaking kind of speaking times of um, I've ever had you know um, that I've ever had in my life because it was like um, it, like it was something we had worked so hard and towards mm-hmm. and I did it and and I, you know and I did it in my way and I was yeah. me and I was purely me and I stuttered and it was okay mm-hmm. and 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 yeah and it was a proud moment and I slept great that night it was oh. probably the best night night sleep I've had in a while but then it was very proud because my baby boy is there he won't have yeah. any memory of it but uh-huh. I'll have a good memory of it and stuff yes. so yeah. yeah do you have a mantra or an, an inspirational phrase that you return to for motivation yeah but it's not really my my phrase I would um you know it's it's a Walt Disney phrase, which I always love. And um, I think um, we can always achieve our dreams if we have the courage, um, if we have the courage to, like, and to follow them through or to pursue mm-hmm. them, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that, you know, and I think, yeah, um, you know, all, you know, all, um, all of us, um, are, you know, have our dreams in life, you know, um, and I think, like, if you want something, you know, if you want, I'm, I'm kind of something which is, 
Um, oh, like I think achievable, you know, so as a kid, I wanted to fly. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to fly, mm-hmm. but like, as I'm going older and stuff, you know, a dream of mine was always into working with young with and with young people who stutter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just, there's a stubbornness inside me where, you know, I just kept on going. It took me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 but it was a dream of mine. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we just keep on going in life and stuff, you know, if that's our goal and that's something that we really, really kind of want to do, mm-hmm. um, we can always get there. Mm-hmm. But, but I think one, one of the most important things that I found is like, we can never do anything on our own. You know, mm. we always need help and support off, off, off a network around us. Mm-hmm. you know and for kind of me mm-hmm. I found that in you know in my family and my friends but I'd say more so in the stutching community that I found over the years because I look back now and stuff and I just think you know I, like I never knew anyone anyone who stuttered mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I know so many mm-hmm. and I've got so many friends who I can just talk to and mm-hmm. just talk to in general and mm-hmm. even if I'm having a hard time, you know, I can just talk to them. And I think having a community and, and the great thing that I found as well, everyone in the stuttering community is like really cool. Everyone's <laughs> like really, really friendly. Everyone's really like really supportive, mm-hmm. really kind of friendly people who stutter and people who don't stutter. And at times mm-hmm. kind of, sometimes I find it more powerful at times when I find people who don't stutter who don't try and say, oh, I understand it and stuff, who are just mm-hmm. there for me. And mm-hmm. and all they do is they don't talk all the time and mm-hmm. they just try to listen and they just like, look, and kind of give me the space. So, um, yeah, so that that's my kind of mantra and stuff, you know. And if yeah. you've got a dream, just keep on going. Mm-hmm. As you talk about that, um, it's just about, um, it just kind of brings to mind the first NSA conference I went to, the National Stuttering Association conference in Chicago. And before I went, I used to think, this is a week-long conference. I was like, there's some people out there that get like two, three weeks vacation a year, and somebody's going to spend all this money and their week's vacation and time off and all that to go to a conference. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, and when I went, I was like, but I'll go. It's, you know, and, and I went and I thought, and after I left, I thought, wow, you know, that was really an amazing week. And it all made sense after going. Um, and just, it was fun. It was um, inspirational and it was, it was everything that I think people were looking for. And I, I just, just in listening to you talk, it it just reminded me of all that and of, of being with, uh, with people who stutter and just, but just some of the, you know, I, and I don't stutter, but the people that I was with, I mean, the conversations we had were just like you said they were just cool they were just amazing and I just enjoyed every minute of it and I thought it it was great it was it was a very memorable experience yeah but yeah yeah sorry just just to add and so yeah so I went to the Yasha conference uh, um, in 2000 what was it 2000 and maybe 17 
um, I think in Philadelphia. Okay. And that's the only one I've been to. And it was, and I've, and like I'd been at Camp Say because I've been going to, um, to kind of Camp Say for, mm-hmm. for, and for the past like five and six years now. Mm-hmm. And I was, and, and there was a few people that said, look, 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 if you're thinking of doing a PhD and stuff and you have to come here because there's lots of researchers and lots of people in the stuttering world who are like so mm-hmm. cool to meet. And, um, and I took a bit, I, I think I took a week off my course. I spoke to all my mm-hmm. lecturers and said, look, you know, I'm thinking of doing a PhD. Is it okay if I go? And they were amazing. And they said, we would love to go over to an actual conference and we can't because mm-hmm. of teaching. And I went and I knew a few people there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd known or I'd heard of lots, lot, lot, lots of the researchers as well who I'd contacted over the years and said I was interested in doing a PhD who were just who gave me so much time and I mm-hmm. and I have stayed with uh, with like a couple of the researchers as well in American stuff um, um, who I was open to do a PhD you know who I was open to do a PhD with and they were so kind and generous and I remember going to that conference and I think it was a three or four day conference and mm-hmm. um, and I remember going and people were so approachable mm-hmm. you know people were so approachable these researchers who were very well known in the world and they were just like yeah hey rich how's it going mm-hmm. you fancy a drink or a coffee and let and let you know and let's talk about your your kind of interests just everyone who i met i made a lot of friendships mm-hmm. through those few days who i'm still in contact who i'm still in contact who i'm still in contact with now and i think a great thing for me was just just like attending all the lectures all the research side, all the knowledge base, that kind of, you know, all the, and the increase in knowledge and for me, and just meeting these people in person. I think a great thing for me as well was I got to know three or four people really, really well. And we went mm-hmm. for some food at nighttime. And mm-hmm. I just remember I sat there around this table and there were five or six of us. And there was three people who stuttered and the two people who didn't. And we were just having these fluid conversations about politics, about kind of stuttering, about holidays. And I was, and I think um, halfway through, I just sat there and I just watched and and I listened Mm -hmm. and I just thought, it's beautiful this, you know, Mm -hmm. people are talking, they are stuttering and they're giving us much time and, Mm -hmm. and these and we were having some big debates and it was all appropriate and it was so enjoyable. And I was just ordering cheesecake and it just kept on coming. And I was just sat there and I was just like, it was, that was a special moment because mm-hmm. I'd never been in that environment. Mm-hmm. And before like talking about all these other things and just sat there and just thinking, yeah, you know, it's great to kind of feel part of a normal conversation and for once in my life and to just sit there and to just hearing people who stutter, but not hearing it, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. and because it was just part of the conversation. And mm-hmm. yeah, so um, these these conferences are just yeah. great opportunities, and to really meet, yes, some great people. And that's when I look back at that conference, that's the the visual memory that I have is us all sitting around a table to eat Chicago style pizza in like the basement of this pizza joint, um, like the only place where we could get a table for 10 and um, just sitting all around just just talking. And I don't know what we talked about, but 
but we just did. And it was just uh, memorable is all I can say is, is when I look back, that's, that's my visualization. I know we did a hundred other things that week, but that's what I remember. And it was really nice. Um, so if you were with a group of people who stutter and you uh, could ask them a question to get a real conversation started, what would you ask them? Yeah, there's so many questions. There's a <laughs> lot, there's a lot of questions you can ask. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always interested um, in people's journeys. I'm mm -hmm. always interested in people's journeys and stuff and um, how they can be very kind of similar and very kind of different and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, and for me, um, I would always, you know, I'd always like, like to know what what that feeling was like the first time you met someone who stuttered for, mm -hmm. for the kind of like, yeah, like for the first time, like, and not um, hearing on the media about someone or kind of seeing mm -hmm. on a film that first in person, what was that meeting like? And kind of, mm -hmm. you know, and, and kind of what was the, what was the um, um, internal experience and for mm -hmm. you at that time? Because I can imagine it can be very different for a lot of people and stuff. And, yeah. you know, and, and from when I've heard that, though, in the past, people's stories, a lot of stories are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, but they're kind of are those stories where it was hard for a lot of people as well. And to mm -hmm. meet another person who stutters because it can be very confronting because mm -hmm. it all depends where they're at internally and their space. Mm -hmm. And I'm fascinated by just how everyone's journey is completely different. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would ask that with the with the knowledge because I've asked that though in this past before, and mm -hmm. and I'd ask that in the you know in the knowledge of that it's not always the same version that mm -hmm. happens for everyone. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything else? <clears throat> is there anything else you would like to share with us today? Um. Yeah, I just like to say. Um, like as a young person now who's grown up and and I'm not saying I'm a young person, but <laughs> as, as young, I, like as young people and people out there now who, who like have grown up um, with, 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 with the stutter or even adults who stutter, um, who have yet to meet a community of people mm -hmm. who stutter. I think we are living in a very, very kind of special time for mm -hmm. And for and can the people who stutter, you know, um, we have the president of the United States now. There's a person mm -hmm. who stutters, um, but uh, you know, but even in general and stuff, you know, it's just like, um, if I'm a young person now who stutters, I have access to so much information out mm -hmm. there. I have access to so much, um, to so many groups around the world, and I think mm -hmm. the and the information age now uh, for the for the tech what like and technology and further and for online and the technology knowledge out there now you know um you know like the the kind of barriers are reducing all the time and stuff so mm -hmm. in terms of border barriers and stuff in terms of country mm -hmm. barriers now you know i can <laughs> i can join an online group if i work to in america mm -hmm. um, in australia in england you know in other parts of the world mm -hmm. so i think it's a very kind of special time you know and i think 
there are so many organizations out there and i know a lot of organizations have a different like a philosophy about things mm-hmm. um but i think it's great how there are so many options and for people and for people and for people who stutter right now you know i look back into when i was at was a kid and my parents as well and there was not a lot out there and it was just the same old kind of and you still hear it today mm-hmm. the, the kind of same whole um the like the lack of awareness and the lack of education mm-hmm. um and I still think it's there in 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 a lot of aspects outside of our world outside of our 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 communities as well but you know I don't I just think it's a promising time and stuff and it's a great mm-hmm. time. And I, you know, and I'm thankful that all of these organizations out there exist, all the mm-hmm. documentaries that um, have been made, all the great ones, the mm-hmm. more and the more information, how accessible it is, you know, and I've got a baby boy as well. Right. And he's, and mm-hmm. the, and he's um, in a couple of days, he's going to be 21 months and, you know, mm-hmm. there's, and there's, you know, and there's, and there's a chance, you know, he might stutter, you know, mm-hmm. And if he does, you know, I know he'll be growing up in a world uh, where there's, you know, where there's a lot of help out there, a lot of support, mm-hmm. and there's a huge community of awesome, you know, um, of, of people who stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just, it's, it's probably one you know, it's probably the kind of best time in our period and to be a person who stutters, yeah. if that makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, no, no. So, yeah, I just want to share that. That's all. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on Stutter Stories today. You had an amazing story to share and we're so glad that that you brought it to us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, and I think the... Um, yeah, like all the things unlike this in terms of the stutter stories and um, i think it's great because it's so mm-hmm. accessible and and you know and everyone's story um, is different so i mm-hmm. um i appreciate um yeah everyone kind of being able to come on on to this show um and i wish you guys all the best and please if anyone is hearing this and they're a person who stutters get on this show it's awesome <laughs> well thanks so much rich and you have a good rest of your day Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you would like to be a guest on Stutter Stories, email us at worldstutteringnetwork at gmail.com. First-timers are welcome.